Hello everyone, welcome to Typhoon Talks, brought to you by Typhoon Consulting, a boutique management consultancy headquartered in Hong Kong. My name is Annie Tseng and I'm an analyst here with the firm. Today I'm joined by Chen Hello. and Elena. Hi everyone. While school's still out for the summer, it's definitely not vacation time for tech firms. In our monthly news podcast, we'll be analyzing some of the most talked about developments in the business and tech space in August. Today, we'll be talking about Elon Musk's surprise announcement of privatizing Tesla, Google's attempts on re-entering China, and Uber's recent strategic refocus. Thank you, Annie. So you mentioned Tesla. So can you give us a brief recap of the Tesla funding situation? Yeah, of course. So the last three weeks have been a bit of a doozy. On March 7th, Musk tweeted, I'm considering taking Tesla private at $420, funding secured. This is a really unexpected and largely informal announcement, which launched a wave of volatility hitting Tesla stock. Uh, Share prices were up 11% by the closing on the 7th, but it's dropped continuously since as the uncertainty has hit. And the major lack of certainty surrounds Musk's claim of having funding secured. Um, So... He made a market-moving announcement like privatization on an informal medium like Twitter, which prompted the SEC to subpoena Tesla's board and Musk himself. Basically, what they discovered was that the announcement was just as unexpected to Tesla's board of directors as to its shareholders, the investors, and the general public. But within just under three weeks of his announcement, Musk pulled out of his privatization plan, and he said that even though, essentially, the letter that he wrote to his shareholders was that even though it was possible for him to obtain the funding, most shareholders wanted to keep the company public, and it would have been very difficult, and so he was not going to take the company private. So do you think that might be just a stock manipulation? I really do think that his tweet went beyond stock manipulation. In a uh, New York Times interview, he called this year one of the most excruciating and painful years, and that's something that's really big coming from a figure like Elon Musk. And a lot of this was due to short sellers. So it really appears that Musk was personally affected by short sellers. Tesla's really... I think Tesla goes beyond a company, but it's really a vision. And Musk is not just the CEO of this company, but it's he's seen very much as a hero figure in the modern age. And so by looking from this perspective, we can really start to understand why Elon Musk started to think of taking Tesla private in the first place. He basically saw that privatization was one of the only ways to operate, uh, not at the whim of short-term earning expectations and the whim of short sellers. But the tail end of the last three weeks has really shown that funding in whatever form comes with strings attached. So uh, if he wanted to privatize, he would have to, he was going to partner with an oil rich country like Saudi Arabia, um, their fund, or a competing car manufacturer like Volkswagen. And that's super ironic, but Musk didn't necessarily address that. So we know with um, car market, especially with the electric vehicles, the competition is actually getting quite harsh. So from what we know, only recently a NIO, a startup car manufacturer specializing in premium electric vehicles, has recently announced that they will be uh, filing for an IPO in the United States. So what's the deal with NIO and will Tesla be able to stay on top of the EV market with that? Yeah, NIO is a really interesting competitor to look at. So like you said, they're a Chinese electric vehicle manufacturer, and they're backed by both Baidu and Tencent. And they're planning on filing a $1.8 billion IPO in the U.S. They're probably most well-known for their EV9 supercar, which is the EV that broke the the speed record last year. Uh, But what's interesting is that they're so different from Tesla, even though, I guess, 
their ultimate goal seems to be very much the same. So the business model of Tesla is being fully vertically integrated. They do everything in their factories right down to the battery, whereas Neo has tried to outsource as much as possible. And furthermore, there's no uh, supercharger system in China as there is in that uh, as Tesla has built up in the States. So that's another major difference. Um, and Neo has fulfilled only under 500 orders for their new car, which is meant to be for the mass market. But it has said that it has around 17,000 pre-orders. So it's, it is quite a uh, admirable competitor, but um, it's, some, it's a competitor that takes a very different approach to the market from Tesla. So ultimately, I really do think that Tesla's ability to maintain their hold on the EV market as the market leader really depends on their ability to stay afloat as a company. Uh, this year has been a really rough year for them, for Musk himself personally, as well as the company, especially because they were doing quite well last year when they announced the Model 3 and their whole production plans. But with the problems that they've run into and the burn rate associated with producing the Model 3, um, it's there is a lot of uncertainty about their company, their ability to stay uh, afloat as a company. And even though they've just con completed construction on their third assembly line in Fremont, which should give them the speed and volume that they need, there's the amount of uncertainty that has surrounded Tesla in the last three weeks has really highlighted the just the general uncertainty of their um, their future as a company. Well, great, thank you, Annie. That was a really interesting view on uh, Tesla's future. All right, thanks, Elena. So I know you've been talking a lot about Google potentially re-entering China, and I was wondering if you can give us a short update on that. Yeah, sure, Annie. So indeed, in the past week, we have definitely witnessed a growing wave of rumors circling around Google potentially uh, re-entering uh, search engine market in China. So as we already know, Google had quite a bad history um, in China. It withdrawn from China about eight years ago due to um, the hackers' attack on Gmail. Um, which aimed at assessing private information of individuals involved in, as far as I remember, peaceful protests in China. Uh, so that was quite a big deal for Google. So they w they decided not to proceed their operations and withdrawn from the market. But right now, from the anonymous sources, which uh, just recently gave an interview to The Intercept, we know that Google um, is actually currently working on a censored search engine for China called Dragonfly. Um, and it will backlist all the websites on human rights, democracy, religion, and other issues which are deemed sensitive by the Chinese government. So overall, um, we might see that Google's reversal in China shows us how critical the Chinese market is actually becoming for American companies, which are pretty much ready to tailor their products with accordance to all of the regulations, even if it means tamping down the free speech. So Google, however, is not the only one to do so. Um, as far as I know, LinkedIn censors content in China as well, and Facebook developed a software uh, to suppress certain posts from appearing on the social network, which obviously also aims to um, it also aims to potentially deploy it in China. Uh, however, Google have not yet made any official announcements, and together with China, they're being quite secretive about it. Um, how would that being said, uh, early in 2017, Google's chief, um, chief executive, Sundar Pichai, uh, he met with top government officials in China, and that's exactly after that when the Dragonfly project has picked up. Yeah, it will be really interesting to see if Google does it uh, does try to re-enter into China because we both know that you know Facebook did try this similar thing last yep. year and they were shut down. So 
uh, if they were to seriously proceed with that, there's a lot of tech giants playing in China already. And the, how do you think they could, they would be able to compete with someone as dominant as Baidu in China? Yeah, so that's actually a really interesting question because uh, we would think that Baidu is already quite an established uh, player in Chinese market and obviously supported by the Chinese government. But a um, couple hours after Google, um, well, Google has not made an announcement, but after the news leaked through the Intercept, um, Baidu's shares has have dropped quite a bit. I think they they've lost um, eight percent um, by the closing on the day when the news were announced. Uh, so it definitely shows that Google does have some uh, power to at least uh, try and compete with Baidu. Some people, especially those interested in Baidu. Uh, they still claim that Google would not really be able to keep up with competition um, if it decides to play by the rules of Chinese government, because in the past eight years, uh, after its withdrawal, Baidu has been developing really highly sophisticated algorithms, and uh, it has a lot of employees and, and enough people to basically hinder all the sensitive content, which Google just might not be able to do, even with all the advanced technology. and. Um, even artificial intelligence that Google possess, which is quite interesting because um, I think a week before they made the news leaked about Google plans, they actually uh, issued a memorandum on the AI governance and they promised that they're not going to be using the, their artificial intelligence. So basically they just wanted to use it to benefit humankind and not to restrict um, their access to sensitive uh, content like uh, Chinese government would want them to. So interestingly, Baidu um, chief executive Li uh, also remained confident of his company um, and its future prospects. So in response to potential rumors, he said that uh, tech firms in China have actually enough capabilities and confidence nowadays to come out strong um, I mean, healthy competition with global peers. And he insisted that the world is actually copying from China now. It's not and not the other way around. So that is what every global firm, meaning Google, should consider seriously before entering China. I, I think for Baidu and Google, there's a big differentiation in the sense that Google has built up an ecosystem, but Baidu hasn't. It mm. has a lot of products, but it's not an ecosystem yet. But for Google, it, it naturally links different products together. So I think they need to weigh on that advantage if they enter China market. There's a lot to sell rather than just search engine. And also, Baidu is stronger in Chinese search results, mm -hmm. but Google is stronger in everything else. Yeah, yeah, everything else. So as China has more and more overseas returnees, I think maybe these people prefer to use Google instead of mm. Baidu in the future. Exactly, yeah. So they do have some advantage. And actually, yeah, you've mentioned ecosystem. So although Google with itself from the search engine market, it still, I think, built up um, several entities and it started creating this small ecosystem in China just through um, different markets. So I think they also launched um, a company which aims to produce the self-driving cars in China. So that might definitely be a differentiator for Google as well. Yeah. yeah. And on the topic of cars, Chen, uh, I know you've been talking a lot about Uber, and 
I've read that Uber is making a lot of new investments and acquisitions this year. So can you tell us a bit about what Uber is doing in terms of their strategy? Yes. So Uber has made a lot of moves to diversify into electronic bicycles and scooters for shorter journeys as part of their long-term strategy. This year, Uber first introduced e-bikes to its apps in February, and then in April, it acquired the bike-sharing company Jump for around 200 million US dollars. The recent deal was Uber's investment in Lime scooters as part of a 335 million US dollar funding round led by Alphabet's venture arm Google Ventures. And meanwhile, Uber has also ploughing money into a few other transportation-related businesses such as food delivery, transportation, ticket booking, and freight brokerage. So everything is pointed to Uber's ambition of becoming a one-stop shop for all transportation needs in the future. Right. And so how do you think this move will impact their business in both the short and long term? So definitely the company will have to have a trade-off between short-term profitability and long-term growth. The margin from a bike ride will be less than from the same journey in a car. However, the company might be able to engage more users at a higher usage frequency of the long term by focusing on the short term journey. So Uber's CEO also recognized the short term challenge along with this shifting focus and assured investors that there will be a return over a period of time. And so, I mean, we know that they've announced uh, their plans to IPO next year. How do you think these potential short term profitability changes would affect their IPO? So Uber's IPO is one of the key tasks for this newly hired CEO, and they aim to get listed in the second half of 2019. Um, Uber is currently valued at around 62 billion US dollars, but the company hasn't been profitable yet, and last year it lost 4.5 billion US dollars. And this strategic move might lead to more short-term financial losses. Uber needs to convince the investors that delaying profits will bring a high investment return in the long term through this strategic move. Right, yeah. So I guess there's there's a lot to watch out for in Uber in the upcoming few months. Yeah. Well, that's all the time that we have for today. Thanks to Chen and Elena for joining me for our August edition of our monthly news review. Follow us on Facebook, iTunes, and SoundCloud at Typhoon Talks for more podcast episodes. Please visit our website at www.typhoonconsulting.com for more industry points of view. We hope you'll join us again next time.